0: The locker room with Wolf and Starks,
1: presented by your neighborhood Ford store, on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Well, good morning, everybody, and especially you, Max. Nice to know that you're, you're nice and you're settled in in Phoenix a little bit, right? You've been tucked in. You got back into the swing of things. You're feeling pretty good about it. Before we upset your whole uh, traveling and everything else, the apple cart that it is. Uh, it kickstarts this weekend again, doesn't it?
0: Uh, it, it starts today after <laughs> our show. <Wolf>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. You're go- you're going to Disney. Yeah, I am. I no! am taking t- taking my daughters to um, Oogie Boogie Bash at Disneyland. Um, we do it every year, and it's it's a fun time. So yeah, so I leave today, and then I start tomorrow flying from L.A. to Columbia. <laughs> And then,
1: then Columbia to Pittsburgh. So, yeah. <laughs> I You know, I think about your travel. And I sit there and I go, well, the Lord knew to put me in Pittsburgh. Because if I was in Phoenix, I would be lost. I would be end up out of country somewhere. I'd be in, I don't know. Uh, yeah, Uzbekistan. How did hike I get here?
0: Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you just, you just be waiting for John Cole to call every year to hike the Grand Canyon. Yeah, we'll just hang out <laughs> like a mountain. I'll you just... have like a staff looking like Gandalf, the elf, waiting for, <laughs> you know, w- waiting for John Cole to call you as you sit on your mount. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it, Max.
1: You know, it really there's, there's a touch of truth to that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah no. What are you gonna do? All right, oh, so man. yesterday, I wish you were in town because you would have loved this because I know you have a heart for the military, for the veterans that have served our our, our, our great country uh, so well, the Armed Forces men and women. Yesterday was... The um, Heroes at Acrisure Stadium. Fourteen years the Steelers have been doing this. For 14 straight years, they host veterans on the field at the stadium. They get out there with some players. They catch passes. They kick field goals. Um, you know, it, it, they throw the ball, you know, trying to in, – in these uh, – you know, those – those uh, nets where you can, you know, throw them into circles and stuff. I mean, it's tremendous. And there's this camaraderie, camaraderie that exists amongst all the veterans out there. And I had to tell you, just as one who's standing back from it, seeing the bonding that occurs with our military men and women who come together on the field at with. For the team they love to root for and cheer on, they're all Steeler fans. Um, they come out there together, and I know you—you know—you have a heart for the military. I know that you have uh, done some things there. Tell us a little bit about what you what you've done. It's pretty cool. So
0: for for me, I, I've I've been doing a lot of military um, events and, and going to a lot of places. So I mean, it started really. I want to say my my second year in the league.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I had the opportunity to go actually on the USS Teddy Roosevelt. So I remember I drove down. It was, it was like, it was a joint. Um, it was a joint with the FCA in Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, but I was the only player. (laughs) So I was, I was a player and I was on the, I was on the ship with a a bunch of the, the Bengals coaches. (laughs) It was myself. And then Jay, who worked with FCA at the time, um, so we ended up spending three days on the Teddy Roosevelt as they were doing Atlantic Patrol. No kidding. And that was just, yeah, so that wow. was awesome. So to be on an aircraft carrier for three days, um, sleeping in the bunks and trying to go through portholes and try not to knock myself unconscious. Exactly. no wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Back up.
1: The the, the yeah. sleeping bunks, those are pretty small, aren't they? They are.
0: They are extremely tight, Wolf. So if you have any touch of claustrophobia, in your Ooh. in your repertoire of right. uh, anxiety feelings right yeah that's not that's not the place to do it okay not the place to do it um but yeah because I mean like at one point the second night I just pulled by I just pulled the the, uh, the bed out of the bunk mm-hmm. and just put it on the floor and slept in the floor of the room because <laughs> <laughs> it does get tight in there man it, it gets tight and I'm a side sleeper okay and you can't sleep on your side in those bunks especially on the lower bunk um so yeah I was like no this is this isn't going to work. So I slept so I slept on the floor in in my room but but you know but so I did that and then after we won the Super Bowl I went on the USO tour and I I was and that was just a tremendous life-changing experience to literally go over and see our men and women in active theaters. Um I was I was in um I was in Bosnia Herzegovina mm. Herzegovina Um, At a joint task force base, um, a NATO base, and I spent a couple days there. Then from there we went to Kyrgyzstan, um, which was the staging area before you went to Afghanistan, and also when you came out of Afghanistan, you had to go through Kyrgyzstan. So Mm -hmm. I spent a day. We did like a combine there, and it was crazy. It's crazy to see all the different branches of military all together. Yeah. But also you see but also the other differences you see, you see where the money is put as well. <laughs> 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 because, because like, you'll see the Marines, the Marines have these awesome, like big tents um, type of, type of barracks. But then it's like, you see the Marines have that, but then you see, okay, the, um, the, the army has, these type of, um, like, Connex container, like, 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 um, like housing, mm-hmm. like big Connex containers put together almost, almost like mini, mini like, apartments, right. and then you see the Air Force, and the Air Force has, like, a, a condo, a concrete condo, oh, yeah, yeah. it's like four or five stories, mm-hmm. I'm like. Wait a second.
1: Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who's getting all the money around here? You know, yeah, son, I was. I was like, man. My son, Kyle Jacob, when he was coming back, I believe it was from um, from Afghanistan. He was over in the Middle East. And I forgot, he had a layover before he was able to jump a flight back after he was deployed. And he was telling me how on the Air Force Base where they had to stay, you know. Now, my son, was he's in infantry. He's in the Army, okay? Yeah. So he's over there. And says they got like Burger King, they got McDonald's on their bases. And oh everything.
0: yeah, I mean, oh it's, it's it's ridiculous. It's high end stuff. Yeah. Oh man, and, and so of course because we are VIPs, we're staying in the Air Force. I <laughs> <God laughs> no. So I mean, it was like I mean the Chow Hall was awesome, but um, and then I, I forgot Navy also had. Their buildings, theirs was kind of connex like as well. So it was just—it's crazy to have seen that, you know, like that in that place. But everybody came together in this in this one big like—I um, forgot what they call it. It's like an entertainment venue where you can kind of hang out, listen to music, watch TV, right. all this stuff. So entertainment area, and then that's the only place where you can have alcohol. Okay, so because you can't have it in adult beverages. Or anything like that. Yes. Adult beverages, and so but it was but it's levels of beer. So it's from one through nine. And you can have two of them unless you have a nine. You can only have one nine. And that's the amount of uh, spirited uh, beverages. beverages. It's a spirit level. So so it was just funny to see that cool thing. But no, but it was just great to because you saw those going into theater and kind of the mindset that you have to have, the seriousness, and definitely a little bit more focused. And then those who had just come off of duty – you know, just the relief and and all of the uh, and, and all of kind of the the you get you get to relax, you get to exhale, you get to take a breath, and so it was it was it was just amazing to me to be able to visit with and talk to and cheer on because we ran like the combine there and everybody was everybody was busted busted and you saw people. I mean, let me tell you, Steeler Nation is strong in the military. I just want, I just want mm-hmm. to put that out there for the rest of the world to know. It is very strong. So we had, I had, p- p- guys were showing up to the combine with their terrible towels tucked in, gals with their te- terrible towels tucked in, ready to do, you know, their drills, and it was just awesome to see. And then we also went into Afghanistan. We stayed at Bagram, and we went to all of the forward operating bases, right? And just to go to all those different areas, we went into Kabul, um, into into Eggers, and you know, it was it was just tremendous to go through the convoys. and You feel the intensity like in an active, um, you know, military uh, right. engagement. And it was it was one of the scariest things and one of the coolest things. We flew on Black Hawks um, mm, to all the forward cool operating thing. bases. Flew in a, in, a, in, a, in a C-130, um, you know, from Kyrgyzstan into Afghanistan and then back out. And then we also went out to the Ronald Reagan out right there in the Persian Gulf. And so we flew on to to the uh, Ronald Reagan we stayed there then we flew into um Al which was over in the UAE and it was just it was a tremendous trip we uh we opened the Pat Tillman USO center out there in Afghanistan. Oh, wow. So it was um it, it was it, I mean it was tremendous and then also I've been to Walter Reed um a n- numerous amount of times. Yeah, I've been and, there. That's you know what yeah. that's
1: Boy that's rough. That's rough, dude. Yeah. That you is. You see what some of our our heroes, our real American heroes, have uh, suffered the losses and things of that nature. And by golly, I'll tell you, that was a rough experience for the kid here, for me. Oof.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, because it's it's the realities that we don't see, right? Right. And then we also wonder, you know, how do you how do you celebrate these veterans when they come back from from war and. You know the the love and the admiration that we have for what they do. Yes, and I think that's something that you know we often take for granted the liberties oh, that we, we have. But it. but when you go overseas and you see yeah. <laughs> every, it gives you a different perspective, it gives you a different um, appreciation for them. And that's why I always urge people. I was like, listen, if you can, if you can hire a vet, if you can, you know, just be yep. there, just just go say thank you. You know yes. what I'm saying? Like sometimes it's just as simple as a thank you Absolutely. for your service, and and because you know, I because because like you, I have a lot of family that's that's in military, like family. My family history in the military goes back to World War One, and awesome. so, and, I, and I'm sure that I have some that was probably in the Civil War and every, <laughs> right. even further back. But I haven't done that extensive of a of a research dive. My I can ask my aunt, who's our historian, and I'm sure she can tell me family members that did that aspect of it, but. You know, for me, just touching that um, was a lot because my cousin was a first tank commander. He stationed down in Kansas for a long time. My other cousin was an MP for a long time. Uh, another, I, I had an uncle and a cousin that all were military um, on the Air Force side. You know, my the godmother of my oldest daughter Waverly, she's 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 a captain in the Navy. Mm. Um, you know, so we we have a, a lot of military influence in our family. Um, so it's just something that when you could do it, like you said, you went to Heroes Action. I actually, it was funny enough, Wolf, this week, uh, Google Photos pulled up a memory for me. It was like, Hey, mm-hmm. this day, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. And it showed the day that it was Heroes at Heinz Field.
1: Oh yeah. Event. There you go. So,
0: yeah. So it was, it was, it was, um, a picture of me, our, Tiffany. Tiffany was out there with me, and she was pregnant with Waverly, and and then also uh, Brett Kiesel was out there, Doug Ligurski, John Malecki, and uh, a couple other guys. Um, and the photos just popped up, so it's funny that this week, you know, 10, 11 years ago, you, you I must have this been there because I think up. I've
1: done every one of them, all fourteen of them. Yeah, so you probably them. were there. But we didn't get a photo, Wolf. Shame yeah, well, on you. I'm, I'm, like Shame I, on you. Like all my friends <laughs> say, you have the perfect face for radio. You know, and there's reasons yeah. that, you, <laughs> that you don't show up in the photos. You know what I mean? But I oh, say my gosh. Last yeah. night, it was cool because you had, let's see, you had Pat Fryermuth there. You had Zach Gentry. You had Miles Killebrew, Christian Kuntz, John LeGlu, Isaiah Laudermilk. Chooks was there. Uh, Robert Spillane, Derek Watt. You know, and it was it was really cool to see them bond. They're hugging it out with the guys, and you know, they're they're having fun running routes. And you know, you got Sp- Spillane is he's a football junkie. I mean, this guy he can't sit around and not throw a football, not catch a football, not talk football for longer than thirty seconds at a time. I mean, he's he's an enjoyable young man. I can see why he 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 made the cut after you know. Really being what undrafted and everything else, he comes in and gets a job, and it's because of his great study habits, his work ethic, all the things that he does. Um, he really impressed me, and you know, I, one of the vets uh, pretty much summarized it at the, at the end. One elderly vet kind of told me it was like it was. I can't tell you exactly what he said, but he said it was great to get out, to be with people who've had similar experiences, and to be around people who appreciate. Your service, and that's really what it was all about. What the Steelers did last night—having the players come there after practice, being able to be out there, uh, enjoying the night with the guys, and then to go into the Great Hall and have some great food—man, it was really. I really, you know, what it's um it's a moment to be with those Armed Forces men and women and just listen to the stories.
0: Oh Well, and and, and it's it's one of those moments where, you know for what they do and what they sacrifice is yes. a chance for us to honor them yes and more importantly you also realize how big a fan they are of you as much as you are of them uh, because they, they and the stories about when when they're actually you know on on assignment on duty about the time differences and waking up at 2 a.m to watch the games right <laughs> and, yes. yes you know they're like I, I was like I I for, I I for for went sleep because yes. I knew you guys were playing. It's like even though I had a I had a twelve hour patrol or an eight hour patrol and I'm dog tired. It's like you guys gave me <laughs> life every Sunday, and you you gave me a chance to actually take my mind away from what yes. was going on around me in the active environments. Similar to what you were talking about, like with the steel workers and how you know yes. even how that's how exactly what was thinking was of. yes. Yeah, it's so it was just one of those things that, you know, it touches you in a different way um, when you hear that firsthand account, right? And, and, you know, for all of us that played, you know, no matter how you're feeling on that day, you know, to know in the back of your mind, man, you know what, I'm making someone's day. Even though, the, you know, I might not feel my best, I might be playing injured or playing hurt, you know, there's a bigger purpose for what I'm doing and – you know, I'm appreciative that I could have a hand in that process, right? I could have a hand and in, in just making someone feel better, you know, and yes, it's a game at the end of the day. And I know we make a lot of military references to the game that we play. Um, When you're talking about like in the trenches and, right, you know, it, right. you know it, it's, it's warfare, hand to hand combat, all this stuff. And you realize that there is that correlation to it, but it, it, it Kind of, I it's can't use it as much. Thing. No, you can't. I can't use it as much once once you've been over there, once you've seen it. It's like this is nothing like this. We're not going to war no. with nobody no. on, on the football field. I'm going. I'm going to cause a street fight, <laughs> and I'm bringing I'm bringing ten of my ten of my closest friends. And I'm doing it in front of uh, you know fifty to seventy thousand of 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 uh, our closest fans watching me do this. We're gladiators in the arena. There's no equivalence. Uh, There's to a it. difference <laughs>
1: between gladiators and warriors. Okay. Yes. Gladiators absolutely. were for their self. It was a self sufficiency thing. And a lot of people, I've kind of studied the uh, some of the gladiator stuff historically. And a lot of people will you know equate that to this and that and look. Like, Back then, they were the rock stars of their time, All right? Yeah, it may not sound like it's very glamorous and and, uh, so forth, fighting uh, like that, but it it truly was. It was something that, uh, you know, was very big back at that time. But, you know, I will give you a quick story that summarizes everything for me about what you just said as far as that. I was, after a game, I was a very young, stupid, verbose young man. (laughs) Talking to a microphone and a camera after a game, which was a hard fought game, and we we barely won. And, and so, uh, in my stupid way, I, I equated it with, man, we went to battle there, we went to war, and da da da. And I remember the camera shut off, the people, uh, the, they went away, and all of a sudden I get this tap on my shoulder. And I turn around, and it's the great Rocky Blyer. And this is one of the reasons I love this dude so much. And Iraq said, you know, appreciate your passion, but you know, that's not war. What we just experienced, not war. He said, when we go to this off season, I want you to come with me to the VA hospital, and I'll show you what war really looks like. And we went to the VA hospital. And, you know, he didn't he didn't rip me in front of everybody else or this and that, but he spoke to me as an elder, you know, in the locker room, talking to a young, stupid guy who's uh, full of vim and vigor, that sort of thing. And, you know, I learned that day. And I, I believe from that day, I don't think I've ever spoken those terms Again, and I certainly hope I haven't, but yes, we do honor and appreciate what our, our, our war veterans, what our military men and women, our first responders, the the, the police, you know, all these people that, that do such great, um, unbelievable work under unbelievable conditions and pressure. And uh, I am so thankful for them and all that they've done. And I love when the Steelers go out of their way to do something where they're the bonding agent to bring people together. And uh, celebrate our military men and women.
0: No, and and you're absolutely right. I mean, it's it's something that, and and not to be hard on yourself about it, Wolf. I mean, but it's it's true. It was good. It was good though. But but, no, and what I'm saying is, is that you know, ignorance and 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 being uneducated about something doesn't mean that you know it's it's a bad thing. But like you said, those who want to seek knowledge. We'll find it, and Rocky was that conduit. Oh, for he you was he that was uh, that allowed that that allowed for you to experience it, and also to have context, right? Like yes. you said, and you learn from those experiences. But you know, you don't know what you don't know at at those times. <laughs> and I think that's I, I think <laughs> yep. that that's what that's what one of the biggest things that we all take for granted is that. Listen, I didn't know that this was what it was going to be. Yeah, and so you're like, okay. Now that I know, you know, I can now go speak more intelligently, but now I can now bring others into the fold because I had that experience uh, of learning. And, and like I said, because I, like I said, I'm guilty of doing the same exact thing, being being brash, being foolhearted and and wanting to go out there and just you know because it it's, a, it, it's an emotional thing, It's a very adrenaline filled moment, especially when you conquer you know that challenge, which is the game that day. Um, so you're gonna have just this feeling, and the closest thing, you know, is what you see on TV, right? Or what you what you think you know, but you really don't know. And so it you you can't you can't douse the passion, but at the same time, like you said, you're more enlightened and educated yes. because of it. And so I think I think you're absolutely right. And and also one last thing about gla- gladiators. Yes, ninety percent of gladiator matches. End it with both guys walking away. Yes. That's yes, another thing. I want. That's, un, un, contrary yes. to popular belief exactly. that you have to die every time you go in the Gladiator <laughs> Arena. No. Like you said, they were the rock stars. They needed to keep them around, especially if they were fan favorites. So Caesar's not putting that thumb down every single match no, no. or else you have nobody left to fight. And then now you're just watching lions go at it. But, um, <laughs> you know, Wolf, I want to step aside, of course, as always, because it's now break time. Um, which that was awesome to open the segment, um, talking about that. I feel like you know there's still a little bit more we're going to talk about at the beginning, but I do want to start actually getting into the injury report and just making sure we give status. Oh yeah, updates we do have everyone. to. We do
1: have to uh, be a football show, right? <laughs> we well, I mean,
0: li- li- listen, like you said, oh, yeah. apparently since we since you and I before we were enlightened used to say about going to war, so technically we were <laughs> thinking about football, but um, but we're going to step aside, but. Before we do that, I want to make sure everybody knows you can you can subscribe now to our show In the Locker Room with, with Wolf and Starks, and every episode we do is available for you for download. So subscribe today through the Steelers mobile app, iHeartRadio app, and wherever you find your podcast. It's on Apple, Spotify, everywhere else out there, uh, out there in, the, um, in the internet world. <laughs> um, but we'll step aside. We'll come back and start with more In the Locker Room here on SNR and ESPN Radio.
1: Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented
0: by your neighborhood forward store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation
1: Radio. All right, we're rejoining here, coming back to it. Yes, indeed. Thank you for joining us again. Uh, you are in the locker room, Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas. Ninjas are active today. They're out and about. Max, I got to tell you. Um, you know, it's getting a little hairy sometimes. You know, the ninjas are over and above and around, and you never know. I feel like Peter Sellers in the Pink Panther. You know when Cato is around. You know, you never know when Cato's going to attack yeah. you.
0: Yeah, I just give you a, just a chop every once in a while. No, <laughs> definitely. I think I, but I think it was a case of I forgot that I was a rejoiner.
1: <laughs> well, I was going to throw you
0: under the bus, okay? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I didn't give the thumbs up because my phone was on. Well, well, I, had I was a little the charger. late. I was a little late <laughs> yeah. with, uh, you know, you you and I
1: text back and forth, right? So, technically, yeah. I'm bringing it in. You take it out at the end of this segment. Yeah. We'll be fine exactly. there, okay? We'll work from yeah, there. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Now, it's interesting, Max, but the results are in. You know those goofy guardian caps? You know the things that they put on the helmet to reduce and dissipate the force from head trauma? Yes. Because traumatic brain injury is something that you got to be careful of. Uh, It's something that you know the NFL has been working very, uh, very strongly to eliminate as much as possible. Which you can't eliminate, hey hey, folks. Football is a violent game, and you cannot legislate all injury and injurious situations out of the game. Otherwise, you got touch football, and it doesn't work. Okay, but the fact of the matter is, guardian caps do work. they reduced the number of concussions amongst the mandated players. Now, what they did was they got this thing that fits over top of a helmet, and it's kind of like padding is the best way to put it. Wouldn't you say, Max? Yeah. they're just yeah, It's just padding it up. Yeah. And it's, it's its bubble wrap. It's, it's bubble, bubble you're wrap. Yeah. You, oh, good. That's a good, good illustration. If you think of bubble wrap around the helmet, only a, a strong, uh, you know, whatever the material of it. And and for offensive line, defensive line, tight ends, and linebackers, and they all were re- required to wear the caps throughout training camp. Well, the average number of concussions dropped from 23 over the previous three years to 11 this past year. And of those 11, six came from hits to the face mask, which, of course, have no force dissipation protection up front there. But, you know, that's a pretty good reduction. That's over 50% reduction in the uh in the concussions my friend
0: no I mean it definitely has like its merits you know and I think that's kind of what you want to see what's the purpose of this right of looking like the great kazoo out there and like you said it it adds a different weight to the helmet and you know we, we also saw those things flying off so hopefully they get better with the attachment uh, capabilities yes. of it
1: yes because you remember who was it who was it that was running a pass i think it was Gunnar Olszewski. yeah gu- general, gunner yeah the gunner's running across the middle and his his guardian cap slides down over his eyes he can't see yeah. <laughs> i can't yeah, see and, he, and
0: he's like trying to smooth it back almost <laughs> like a somebody with long hair and a convertible right it's like oh <laughs> it's everywhere in my face he's trying to smooth it back over so he could see I'm just glad he didn't do the little head shake, you know, when he when he put it back when he put it back in place. Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> Look, more than 200 players have continued to wear these caps, Max. I mean, they they I've heard some guys comment about the fact they want to continue to wear them in practice for the rest of the year.
0: Well, and, and I and I think that that's probably awesome to to have that, right? Um, you know, because when you have that ability. You know, you also don't want to make sure it's not providing a crutch, right? True. Like I can lead with my head because oh, I have this yes. guardian cap yeah. protecting my oh, brain. Good, so good. there comes a point where the utility function might dissipate. But I think, like you said, in training camp scenarios, in OTA-type scenarios where you have the helmet and you're not necessarily – going at a pace, it just prevents that additional collision capability. But I think when you get in season, you should already know how to practice at that point, you know, and keep your head out of it. So I would hope guys aren't trying to wear like into week like, you know, eight or nine, like, oh, my God, I need to wear my guardian cap. What? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) true. You haven't learned how to hit yet?
1: (laughs) That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. You know, you don't think about that. So you got that situation, and then you got the situation going down in Phoenix. All right. Now I shouldn't say in Phoenix because it was really the Kansas City Chiefs went down and kicked the butt of the the Cardinals there. But Andy Reid comes back and says, "Oh, they recited the field, and we got injuries. You know, and it's a field that was <laughs> yeah. well. You know, the Betty Crocker Oven there, right? That's what they call the yes. the, the, the what's the indoor stadium there.
0: Um, you talking about in, K- in Casey?
1: No, no, in uh, down no, in sorry. Phoenix.
0: Oh, oh, you talk. You're talking about um, well, it cha- it's State Farm now. State oh, State Farm. Farm okay, stadium. my brother yeah, Ronnie calls stadium. it the
1: Betty Crocker Easy Bake Oven Field because what? the field because goes the in and out. The, yeah, a the tray. tray.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's a tray. That's pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> i never
1: thought about it like
0: that. Oh yeah, so, yeah I mean, o- Open the tray. Pull the tray out. Check you check the cookies.
1: <laughs> you know, my brothers had some of the best lines. One of them when we were down there. I think you. This was this this was years and years ago. Oh, man. Anyhow, he's up on the on the big jumbotron down there in, in Phoenix during the game, right? You know, right at the end. And they yeah. go and they introduce him and stuff like that. And there's a big roar. And, and afterwards, he goes, man, I felt like Neil Diamond in an old folks concert. You <laughs> know, <an> old folks. <laughs> <home>. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know? I love hey, it. Hey, but... But he got the cheers. He got, got the, the cheers. cheers. That's all that matters. Yeah, that's yeah. all that matters. It was, yeah, no, it, it was it, it was when we played him right that the, the yeah. Sunday night game. Yes, yes, yeah. that was yeah, it. yeah. Because I was up uh, I was up in the press box because I was covering for Fox Ten. At okay, the time out, out all here. right. So yeah, because we do our because every Thursday night game or yeah, I think it was a Thursday night or Sunday Sunday night game. Sorry, Sunday night game. I do the post game and the and the pregame from from on site. So yeah, no, that that was okay. funny. It yeah, was he, he, definitely, he walked in like the Duke. I mean, you know.
1: <laughs> so Andy Reid, he gets a couple people injured with hammies, and he says, oh, the field's terrible. It's loose. They resided it. When they resided, it gets loose. But you know what? Come on. You don't know what bad fields are until you've been in – you played in the Metro Dump or the Astro Dump, okay? Those were Why two – let me tell you something. The Astrodome – now think about this. They used to – they had, you know, like cattle r- – rodeos and stuff like that you know in the Astrodome yeah. I mean it was that was not a nice place that field was so bad they even canceled the game there one time or postponed I can't remember what uh because the field conditions were so bad now we'll tell you this at one point in time in the end zone uh towards the left front by the flag I'll never forget this they had to tear out a four by eight sheet of of uh, AstroTurf okay they take it out yeah and they, they covered it with a 4 by 8 pli- sheet of plywood. I kid you not. I kid you not. A 4 by 8 sheet of plywood which they, they were nice enough to paint green, you know. <laughs> so yeah. so just it, they attempted to let it blend in. And I know this for a fact because I fell on the stupid thing.
0: Yeah. No. Well, what about the vet though? You know oh, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the, what, what, the vet was a horrible stadium um, for a long time and and now they have you know now they have the link in in Philly, but I mean that one. I mean they're throwing batteries. I mean and other products on you of adult nature. You know um, yes. It, you know it's just it's like some of those places you're just like, man. I was like the like how did you play in those? And even thinking um uh the Raiders Stadium for a long oh, time before they got to yeah. Vegas. Yeah, that was an absolute. I was like this sucks. It's old. It's rickety. You know, and you could definitely smell herbal essences in the oh, air man. there at yep. that stadium yeah it, it was just it was an unruly place they, they they were the last of the teams that split with the baseball team so yes. they had the combo stadium you know and even joe robbie right back in the day when that was a combo yes um and when it went through its many different iterations and names i mean <laughs> <laughs> you just think about the history like like dude that, that's nothing compared to some of these places and and the and and like you said the astro dump that one, it had that little hole in the top so Jesus could watch the Cowboys play football. Get out of here. No, no, that no, was that, Texas that's
1: Stadium. That's was uh, that, Texas- that was DD Lewis. I thought Lewis that was called the Astrodome. I no, was no, no. Astrodome. No, no, no. Okay. No, no, because it's a dome. Remember, Texas Stadium had the hole in the roof. And I remember that was because that was yeah, that kind common- with of the,
0: with, the, with the big crowned field, the humongous yeah, crowned yeah, field. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That was I hated that. I thought that I thought that was Astrodome. I apologize. Yeah.
1: That's okay. You know, you get the yeah. you get them all mixed up. You I'm know, a, I'm a I'm a young guy. I'm a young guy. That's you know, true. it's
0: just yeah, I'm a young guy, so I don't I don't got the history behind it. <laughs> <laughs> but I did I did play there though. I did play at the Texas Stadium that also sucked very much. Oh, that was you'd bad have, too. Because you'd have to run up a hill. You have to do high knees to get to to get to the line
1: of scrimmage. Oh my goodness, yes. Like
0: from the sidelines. You could feel that st- too. Oh, you yeah, you could absolutely feel. It. I was like, yeah, it looks great for television. No, it's it's horrible for players. Or if you're running like downhill, like think about running like 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 a corner route. <laughs> and you're running like downhill <laughs> on an angle, and the ball looks like it's seventy feet in the air.
1: <laughs> exactly. And you're, so. you're running
0: downward further. Yeah, it was it was definitely a decisive advantage um, <laughs> for for the home team because they knew how to play on it.
1: You know that that Raider Stadium um, in Oakland. You know, I, I always laugh because Matt Matt Millen told me about his story when he was a rookie. He was very popular. You know, I mean, he you know came in. He was it was a great player. You know, and he comes over and he says he came out of the locker room one time and and there were all these Hells Angels that were at the game and they you know afterwards yeah. they're out there in the parking lot. He comes out and they're all going, Hey Matt, way to go! He goes all these crazies and you know what it was like the black hole and all that stuff and yeah. they, all those guys look like. Uh, you know they were the road warriors from the you know the WWE, and he, he says he says I just yeah. put my head down and moved really quickly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. Sometimes you got to. Yeah. Sometimes he's like, hey, listen, mm-hmm. listen,
0: just let me get in, get out, as get they, in, get out, as they say,
1: feet <laughs> don't fail me now. You know what
0: I mean? Out. Oh, oh no, absolutely. And I, I think I think that that's kind of the mantra you have to have. But you know. There's also a thing about defending home, Wolf. I yes. think that's the other thing we have to consider. You know, as much as we talk about these other places, home is where the heart is, and home is also where you have to defend that turf. Yep. And we're going to have a great opportunity against that with the Patriots this week. And I'm telling <laughs> you, after... Where are you, have going? You want, where are you going? Because you're... I, you go, <laughs> you lean I had to go way? I had to go to my printer.
1: Okay. I, 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 I grabbed something you were grabbing printer. a snack. I'm saying, no, it's not the time to be snackerations there, Max.
0: No, no no snackerations. No, <laughs> I had to grab something off the printer because I wanted to make my life a little bit easier. When we go to break right now and then we come back in a minute. But what I was trying to tease was I want to talk about week one results okay. from around the league and the correlation that it has as it pertains to the Steelers now having their home opener. Ooh. It's going to be it's going to be interesting to see, you know, the success that uh week 1 brought for a lot of teams and how that can play into the Steelers' favor coming into week 2. But before we step aside, I want to make sure you know if you miss any of our show today, you can download full episodes of all of our SNR podcast shows like The Drive, In the Locker Room, this one you're listening to right now, Steelers Blitz with with Wes and Motes, the Steelers Standard, with Tom and Jake, as well as many more. They're all available on the Steelers mobile app, iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts, you get to take us with you, whether it's on a commute, a tailgate, or any other ways that you prefer to consume, even sitting at your desk and pretending to work with your earbuds in. We're fine with that. That doesn't bother us at all. Um, but when we come back, we're going to talk more of what I just mentioned, teasing the results from week one here on In the Locker Room with Starks and Wolf, right here on SNR and ESPN Radio. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. All right, in the locker room, we are back. We are in action, and I did not fumble that bag that time. (laughs) I was on top of it. You're all over baby. Because you know why? Because Wolf and I actually communicated in a very quick and efficient manner. So, but Wolf, what I wanted to talk about was, you know, week one results. We talk about week one, and and we, we know that Teams who quarterbacks sat out and did not play in the preseason and whoever had a majority of offensive players not play in the preseason, you know, they went three and eight. Right. And, and how that was like, wow, how could that be? And, you know, we talked about preseason snaps matter, but let's talk about on a whole, away teams dominated in week one. Us being one of those teams, of course. Right, right. Uh, but – Ho, uh, away t- uh, uh the visiting teams in week one went 9-6-1. and one. Obviously, that bugaboo tie <laughs> with the Colts of the Texas right. gave me a little PTSD from that Detroit game last year. <laughs> and, hey, and listen, listen, well, we were headed in the same exact area. Yeah. We could have ended with the same exact score. It could have been, yes. If the Wizard of Boz does not have some little leg magic there at the end for the 52-yarder to win it. Um, but so talking to you know looking through the NFL research this traditionally um is something that happens the away teams usually have a better standing and what i wanted to key in on is that in week 2 it usually flips that's so interesting the, now tell me how so so the the reason behind the behind it is is we is were doing the mind boggling stat is is that since we've gone to this three-game preseason, which is obviously started, you know, was it last year, uh, the year before, um, we only have two years a day. But teams that had um, full participation in preseason and played those games, right. more often than not, going into the regular season uh, as an away team usually had an advantage because they had more cohesion Hmm. Um, because traditionally the home teams are usually your teams that are good from last year and you want to have them at home to start the year. Don't they give Um, the
1: the numerology places, don't they give the home team like a point or two points for being home or something?
0: So so it's naturally, it's a two-point advantage okay, um, for home. So for the betting people out there, the home team usually gets a credence of two points of whatever they think the line's going to be. So it can either swing in their favor if they're a good team or it swings against you if you're a bad team, you know. So say, if you're the New York Jets, right? We're, I'm just picking a random bad team that I know has been bad for a while. Right. If they get they they get two points because they're hosting the game, but then when it's oh say Baltimore, the line goes six and a half because they think that Baltimore is actually an eight and a half point favorite, and they're just giving the two points to the home team or taking it away from the total number because they're at home. Hmm. So they feel like they might do a little bit better. So that's how that works. Now, if Baltimore was hosting the Jets, it would have been an eight and a half point line because they would have taken that original line and then said, OK, well, Baltimore." Oh, I'm sorry, it would have been ten and a half. I'm sorry. It might have been ten and a half because they would have said they're eight and a half point favorites, but they're at home. So there might be a little extra juice in the tank. So let's let's <laughs>
1: let's bump it up a bit. So, yeah, so that's Just don't make me the line pull that- my shoes off to like start doing the math.
0: No, no, no! It's just eight and a half, and it goes plus or minus. Okay, right? Because that's what you originally set the line at, and then it either goes down if they're away, up if they're home. So okay. So that, that, there we go. Quick little just just insight into that. Okay. But um,
1: let me just say this, Max. I'm trying to figure out. Explain again why it flips around on the second week. Okay. Because okay, here we go. Yeah, so I need it, that. I need fli- this.
0: Yeah, so. For week two, the reason why they're saying it is that most teams usually rebound because they're back at home. Oh, um, oh, 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 either yeah. either it's a second week at home for teams or the teams that have went on the road and won, they carry that over to their home opener.
1: Okay. All right. So
0: so the basic – and that's the basic part of it. I mean, I could read this entire three-paragraph thing to you, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not a storyteller. So <laughs> – um, so what, what the basic premise is is that teams that went on the road are now hosting in week two at home traditionally, and therefore they're usually the teams that won, so they've now, they now continue on their cycle. And the teams that usually have a second home game – if they lost in week 1 they usually recover in front of their home crowd in week 2. So that's pretty much the all basic right. gist of all that research.
1: Now, let me let me just ask back up for a moment because in my day there was there was a, a lot of emphasis put on playing at home and winning at home. Okay? And I think in large part a lot of it had to do with the fans being able to influence part of the game with loud cheering. You know, because There was not the you know the silent count that that you you guys experienced in your time period. We didn't really have that. We didn't have that at all. You know what I mean? It was after I I retired in uh, after the ninety two somewhere ninety yeah in the nineties that they started developing some sort of you know the head bob or reading the end zone clock, those sorts of things to combat the noise level. Because it was such a distinct advantage, especially if you played in the Astrodome, uh, the Astro Dump, that you, you just couldn't hear. I mean, it was just so loud when they got rolling down there with that Love You Blue and all the other stuff they had going on. It was so loud you could stand in the huddle and be screaming at each other and not hear each other. You know, I mean, it was just that difficult. Yeah. So as I, I so I, I think about it, you know, as the techniques for better enabling the offenses to cope with you know the silent count noise level that sort of thing i think the home field advantage was not the home field advantage in many ways due to the fact the better team would win right yeah yeah absolutely
0: you because you you want that home field advantage unless you're in jacksonville that's one of the places that does not have home field advantage right um that just comes to mind right out the gates um the home team is going to make it tougher for the like you said the other side to communicate and especially when you get in certain points of the end zones right right where those areas are just the most ruckus and for that metric that's why that's why teams that's why gamblers or the whatever sites or Handicappers is what they, isn't that what they're called. Professors of
1: numerology. That's what I always okay. refer to them as. Pro-
0: professors of numerology. Yeah, the 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 data the data nerds. Um, <laughs> they uh, you know, they, that's why they equate that kind of two point advantage to the home team, or that's why you get those two points okay. is because you assume that the environment is going to overwhelm and cause them not to run as efficiently.
1: Yes. Okay.
0: And the home team, obviously, it gets quiet. And you can operate and you can clearly communicate a lot cleaner in those situations. But, yeah, like you said, the old, remember the old RCA dome? Um, you couldn't hear a single thing, a pin drop. And then Seattle with their 12th man. We saw it Monday night, right? right. Um, see, it's just absolutely deafening. You're having to walk to individually and yell at the top of your lungs in somebody's ear. And it's just it's one of those things where you have a good fan base. It makes all the difference in the world. That's why I love Steeler Nation. Like, when people come into AccraSure, formerly Heinz Field, you guys bring the passion. You guys bring the passion, and you make it unbearable for other teams to want to come there. And that's what's always giving us, I think, a decisive home advantage, and that's why Mike Tomlin has had such a great winning percentage um, in
1: AccraSure Stadium, formerly Heinz Field. That makes sense. Very good indeed. All right. You know what? That's a wrap for the first hour. You know, somebody said somebody needs a killer mindset. Who said that? Well, we'll tell you who said that and more right here on SNR.